the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Kettering Baptist Church. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, stay tuned for the conclusion of last week's message. So he says, okay, put on the belt of truth. He says, on your waist, on your bed, have it, have it on, your, on the breastplate of righteousness to cover all the vital organs, which is a soldier's breastplate, which is even life itself with righteousness. So I've got to have my essential organs covered with righteousness, righteous living, righteous action, righteous ways, righteousness. And it ain't my righteousness because I cannot attain my own righteousness. So the righteousness that I've adorned myself is the righteousness of God. And he says, and having your feet covered or shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Everywhere I go, the gospel of peace ought to be leading me. If I'm going to prepare for the enemy, I've got to let the word of God be the lamp unto my feet. And that ought to be what's leading me and guiding me. If the Bible does not have instructions as to how to get to the club, maybe I ought not be going there. If the Bible is not leading me to the lottery line, to the liquor store every Friday, maybe I ought not be going there. If the Bible is not leading me to tip out on my husband, tip out on my wife, and creep over to the other side of town. Maybe I ought not be going there. And so therefore, you need to let the gospel of peace be your guide. Put it on your feet. Wherever you travel, let the gospel lead you there. If the Bible don't lead you there, stay away from it. He says, put that on your feet. He says, above all, taking the shield of faith. Put the shield of faith out front. Because faith is... The substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And if I can put that out in front of my life, it's going to change my whole perspective of life. So instead of me getting bent out of shape for what I see, faith says I know what I see ain't what is going to be. See, you need spiritual armament in order to deal with a spiritual warfare. So then he says, after you've got on all this garmentry, you got on the shield of faith, which is able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one because he will be shooting darts at you. And he says, take up the helmet of salvation. You must be born again. Amen. If you're going to be able to withstand the enemy's assaults and attacks, you must be born again. You need to have that on your head. And let me say this. If you take the head off of any enemy, it's over. If I take away salvation, it's over. And so he says, let that salvation cover your head like a helmet. And that way you'll know how to think because I'm thinking saved. 
Because now my brain is controlling how I think. And then since my brain controls how I think, it controls how I act. And it becomes the methodology. But I need to let my salvation cover me. Every now and then you need to remind yourself you're saved. I'm just trying to get y'all to prepare for this enemy. Now, the final thing he says here in the text, which is really getting where we're really trying to get. He says, now you got all this armament on. You got all this stuff on, the spiritual armament. Now he gives us, and all of the armament that he's given us thus far is defensive. It's just so you can stand. Then he, he offers up one offensive weapon in all of this, and he says, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, I'm going to slow down this reading again because I know you missed it. And he said, and take the sword of the spirit. In other words, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The sword belongs to the spirit and the word of God belongs to the spirit. And so watch this, the offensive weapon that you have doesn't even belong to you. But he says, take it up. Because when you take it up, it's not going to be you that's going to launch an offensive. It's going to be the Holy Spirit that does the fighting for you. It's the Lord that's going to fight your battle. It ain't you. All you need to do is learn how to stand. Just stand. Get your spiritual garments on, your defensive garments on, and stand. And if you get that on, you'll be able to withstand when you pick up the one spiritual offensive weapon, the sword of the spirit which is the word of God now watch this when you pick up the sword of the spirit he's going to go further on to let us know some other things that we need to understand and that's in verse 18 he says that we need to pick it up in prayer praying always with all supplication so what he's going to tell us in verse 18 and we get to in just a moment he's going to tell us that there is a way to pick up this sword don't just pick up the sword and start throwing out scripture to try to defend yourself. Because first of all, most of us can't handle this sword. Oh, Jesus. And the reason why we get beat up, even though we're quoting scriptures, is because we're quoting them out of context and we're quoting them without prayer. And so he says, when you pick up the offensive weapon, pick it up with prayer. That's what he's going to say right here. Let me get to the text. When you pick up this sword of the spirit, he says, pick it up praying all the time. Pick it up praying always. This verse number 18 is loaded with alls. Y'all need to see that. It's, all is all over, verse 18. And whenever God is saying something that repetitively, you need to be paying close attention. So he says, when you pick up the sword, pick it up with all praying. Now, praying always. And what he's saying, he's saying, pray all the time. Praying always with all prayers. In other words, he says, pray all the time with all kinds of prayers. In other words, when you pick up this sword, you need to be praying when you pick it up. And he says, pray all the time. Don't just pray before you pick it up. Pray while you're picking it up. Pray while you have it in your hand and pray all kinds of prayers. Pray some short prayers. Pray some long prayers. Pray some mediocre prayers. Pray some worship prayers. Pray some celebrative prayers. Pray some prayers of thanksgiving. Pray some prayers of petition. Pray some intercessory prayers. Pray some arrow prayers. Lord, help. That's called 
Lord an arrow prayer. That's when you just shoot it up. You ain't got time to go through all the Lord I, and Lord Holy God in heaven and all that. You just say, Lord, help. You got to learn how to pray all kinds of prayers and pray them all the time. And when you pick up this word to handle the sword of the spirit that ain't yours anyhow, it's the Holy Spirit, you're going to pick it up with prayer. Now watch this, because what he's going to say here in verse number 18 is, if we're going to withstand the assault of the enemy, we've not only have to be able to prepare for the enemy, but we've also got to pray in the spirit. It's right there in verse number 18. He says, praying always in all things and all supplications in the spirit. So you've got to pray in the spirit. I already know I'm raising some theological suspicion when I say that, but I need to know something about this. Because when he says pray always, pray all kinds of prayer, pray all the time. He says, just keep on praying. Don't stop praying. Pray all the time. And, and praying is what's called a participle. A participle is, an, it is a, a verb that acts like an adjective. In other words, when we go to the word praying, it's a participle of verse number 17, picking up the sword. And so what, the, what verse 18 is doing is telling you how to pick up the sword. Y'all still here with me? And so it's a participle, it's an adverb or an adjective acting verb that's telling me how to do the doing. And that's what I like about the Greek language because the Greek language is full of participles. It's always telling you how to do what you need to do. In other words, it's not like the English language. It doesn't just give a generic statement, but it gives the specificity of how to do what you're going to do. When Jesus says, I want you to go, he doesn't just say go. He says, go and teach and go and pray preach and go and tell them. He, he always gives you the how of how to do what you need to do. So in other words, he explains the action of the doing. Help me, Lord. And so in this text, verse number 18 is explaining to us how to pick up the sword. And so as a participle, it is telling us that we need to know how to pick this sword up. And when we pick up this sword, we're picking up praying all the time, praying all kinds of prayers, and then praying in the spirit. So it even tells you how to pray. He's praying as another participle. Praying in the spirit. Most participles in an ING. And so we're praying in the spirit. So here we go. Theologically speaking, a whole lot of folks are, oh, wait a minute, Pastor. You get ready to go Pentecostal on us. No, no, no. This is not Pentecostal. This idea of praying in the spirit is not speaking in tongue. That's not what this is. This is not about, you know, oh, you, I'm praying, I'm praying my prayer language and oh, how about you? No, it's not that. This, that's not what's going on here. When we talk about praying in the spirit, what we're talking about is you're praying in line with the spirit. So in other words, your prayer has to line up with what the spirit would pray. See, I happen to know our prayers, especially when we're in trouble, do not sound like the Holy Spirit's prayers. Because my prayers when I'm in trouble sound something like this. Lord, I had enough of this. Get me out of it right now. And I never, ever, ever, ever want to go back in it. So rescue me or deliver me right now. I'm tired, Lord. That's what my prayer sounds like. Now, the Holy Spirit's prayer is going to sound different. The Holy Spirit's prayer may sound something like this. Give him grace to get beat up every day, to be spit on and mocked every day, to be mistreated all along this journey until such time. That you can get all the glory out of his life. But God, give him enough grace while he's going through. God, 
God that he won't give up. God that he won't throw in the towel. Give him enough grace. We've got to learn to pray in line with what the Holy Spirit prays. And in essence, what we're saying when we say pray in the spirit, it is to release my will of prayer to the will of the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit pray for me. Let the power of the Holy Spirit be unleashed through me that God can talk to himself on my behalf. Help me, Lord Jesus. And when God starts talking to himself on my behalf, it doesn't matter what I'm going through. I am going to make it through. I didn't say what I was going to. I said what I'm going through. I'm going to make it to the other side. And so when you pray in the Spirit, you're praying in line with the spirit and he says before you pick up the sword you need to be praying in line with the Holy Spirit because if you pick up the sword on your own you're going to use this sword your own way so you'll take this sword and you'll begin cutting folk with the sword you'll begin hurting other people with the sword as opposed to really dealing with the warfare it ain't the people that's at war you're at war with spiritual wickedness you got to learn how to use the word to deal with spiritual war Warfare. And the spiritual warfare is not against people. The spiritual warfare is against principalities and powers. But there's power in this word that can deal with spiritual issues. Mm, help me, Jesus. So we've got to prepare for the enemy. We've got to pray in the spirit. And he says, thirdly, that we need to pray with perseverance. So we need to be persevering and watchful in our prayer. This picks up in the latter part of verse 18. He says, we're praying all to all, always, all time, with all supplication, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. This idea, when we first look at it, probably watchful, when we hear this word watchful, being watchful, we probably think, well, that means being alert, being attentive. But there's more depth to this. What he's really saying here is, When you're praying in the spirit, pray with expectation that God is going to answer just like the prayer went forward. In other words, instead of me praying, hoping God will do it, I'm praying, watching, being watchful because I'm watching and waiting for the answer to come. Watch this. I believe the reason why he adds, you need to also do it with perseverance is because in this warfare that we're in, sometimes when you prayed in the spirit, the enemy's warfare is still waging on you. And it feels like sometimes God has abandoned you. And it feels like sometimes he's not going to answer you. And it seems sometimes like you're getting ready to go down for the last count. And it feels like that the enemy is winning and you're never going to make it. But when you pray with perseverance and when you pray with power, when you pray with expectation, I don't care what it looks like. I know what it's going to be like because I prayed in the power of God. So even though it looks like I'm going to lose my house, if God said you're not going to lose it, you ain't going to lose it. Let me help you here because Paul knows something about this kind of prayer. God had already
he told Paul, Paul, you going to live to your old age. But along his journey, he had a whole lot of folk tell him, Paul, we're going to kill you, man. Paul, we're going to stone you to death, man. But Paul kept persevering because he knew what God told him. Can I help somebody here? If God has said it to you, he's going to bring it through you. And he's going to make it come to pass. And so no matter what it looks like, you keep praying, you keep believing, and you're watching and waiting for the answer to come. Now, here's the deal with perseverance. Perseverance is it gives the idea of pushing forward under the heavy weight of pressure to the point that what's on me feels like it's crushing me. But what's on me that's squeezing me is pushing out of me what's in me. And what's in me is the Holy Spirit. And so when you push that out of me, the Holy Spirit is now released to take over. So when there's no more me left in the fight, devil, you got to deal with the Holy Ghost because you just let him loose in me. And so now the spiritual war happens between the Holy Ghost and the devil, not me. All I need to do is stand. Y'all still here with me? And so while I'm standing, he says, look, he says, as you're praying, he says, pray with this watchfulness and with this perseverance, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. I love this part because what he says here is our prayer needs to go beyond ourselves. This is how I know that when we talk about praying in the spirit is the will of the Holy Spirit, not ours. Because when we're in trouble, we pray for us. I ain't thinking about your problem when I'm in trouble. I'm praying for my problem. I'm asking God to heal my, my disease. I'm asking God to deal with my issue. And I'm not thinking about nobody else. But can I transform your thinking for a moment? Paul says, pray for everybody. Watch this. Because all of you are part of the body. And so since you're all part of the body, you need to pray for the covering of the whole body. Because the warfare is not against you, it's against the body. And since the whole body is under attack, what you need to do is pray for the covering of the whole body. So prayer releases a force field that will protect the whole body. Can I help you right here? If you had, your eye was hurting and your leg was hurting, you probably wouldn't say, Lord, just bless my eye, don't worry about my leg. I'm really just deal with the eye, God. I, I don't care about the leg. Well, the reason why we wouldn't do that because it's all part of the same body. And when the, when the leg hurts, the body hurts. When the eye is affected, the body is affected. So when you're hurting, I'm hurting. When you're affected, I'm affected. When the enemy wages war on you, he's waged war on me. And so when I see you going through, I need to be praying for you. And when you see me going through, you need to be praying for me. But even when you don't see me going through, you need to be praying anyhow because he's looking for a weakness to come in. He's looking for a spot where he can wage war on the body. So you pray for the whole body so the whole body is covered by the power of prayer. Are y'all seeing what I'm saying? And then Paul, I'm almost done. I'm almost out of your way. Then Paul comes back and says, and pray for me. Verse 19, he says, and, and, and for me, that the utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth with boldness to make known the mystery of the gospel. Watch this. Prayer will unleash, watch this, such a power that it removes the spiritual intimidation for Paul to speak. Paul was spiritually intimidated because he's in prison and in Rome and he's got to go before his Roman guards and Roman judges and Roman authority to answer for what he's done. 
But watch this. But he's not really concerned about answering for what he's done. He's concerned about getting before the, the leaders, getting before these people. He's intimidated about sharing the gospel. So he says, pray for me so that when I get there, the spiritual intimidation might be removed so that the power of boldness might come forward. I wish I had some people that understood how you need to have some Holy Ghost boldness every now and then. When you get into some situations and you don't want to open your mouth, it would be good if the saints were praying for your boldness. Paul says, pray that my boldness might be released so that when I go through my trial and I go through my issue, I can stand there and boldly with the authority of God that he's ordained me as an ambassador for him that I might fulfill what he has sent me to do. I wish I had some people that understood God has a purpose for your life. He's already ordained some things for you to do, but the spiritual assault on your life has intimidated you and caused you to shy back and draw back from what God told you that you could do. And so you've told yourself and the enemy has whispered in your ear, you can't do it. And he's caused you to be afraid. So now you're afraid to walk in the power and in the will of God because you got this spiritual assault on your life. Paul says, unleash prayer. And prayer will unleash my power to do what God ordained me to do. Watch this. What if we change our methodology of praying and start praying for the covering of the whole body instead of just praying for our own little self? When you get in your car, my guess is that you don't get in the car and say, Lord, Bless my leg when I drive down this dangerous highway. No, you want the whole body covered. Amen. And so therefore, if we pray, God, I'm in a warfare. Cover the whole body. Watch this. And everybody in the body is praying for the whole body. How many people now are praying for your situation? For the protection so that you can withstand the assault of the enemy. The spiritual assault on your life is being covered by the prayers of millions of saints who are praying for you. Instead of just, Lord, bless us for and no more. If we can cause the whole body to understand when we pray, pray for the covering of the whole body. That all the saints might be able to withstand in the evil day when the assault comes that we all might be able to stand. There might be fewer saints falling to the assaults and the attacks of the enemy. And perhaps you would feel stronger, bolder, and more inclined and empowered to do what God has called you to do. Even when it seems like it never can be done. We've got to change and understand this power of prayer. Don't underestimate the power of prayer. If we're going to withstand and we can withstand the assault of the enemy, if we just, first of all, prepare for the enemy, you need to know who he is and get dressed to stand against him. We need to be praying in the spirit, praying that the power of God, praying for our, our covering, praying for the body, praying in perseverance, praying God, cover it, take care of it. But persevere and watch for waiting for God to do what he said he's going to do. 
Because ultimately, he's going to do it. And there's nothing that's going to stop him. Don't underestimate the power of prayer. As the body of Christ, we're weak, we're frail, because we don't understand how powerful this weapon called prayer is that we have in our possession. Amen? Father in heaven, bless now this invitation time. I pray that something has been said, something has been spoken that may cause someone to realize I need a savior. Can't fight this fight alone. I'm on the losing side, but I want to join the winning side. The enemy is beating me down and stressing me out. And I want to join the winning side. Father in heaven, I'm praying that if there's one here today lost, doesn't know you, draw them to the altar. If there's any that it's your will for them to unite with us here, kept draw them, God. For others who are going through, who just need to connect to the power of the creator of the world, draw them, God. Whatever the will is, whatever the way is, let your will be done. Let your way be accomplished in this place. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-574-3515. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. IWAVA's Chris Roth and recently one of our staff members here at WAVA used 50 floor and could not Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.